Hello and welcome to the eighth episode of Design Education Talks, the collaboration between the team here at the New Art School and the Design Deducts podcast. Our guest today is Gary Embury. Welcome, Gary. Hi. Great to have Hi. you. Hi. How are you doing? Thanks for asking me. Good oh, to see you Oh, thank again. you for coming. It's uh, fantastic to have you here during, during this, uh, this exciting time. Yeah, it's uh, all new technology. It's all going on. It's all going <laughs> on and we're all connecting and getting used to it. And yes, yeah, it's fantastic, yeah. fantastic, fantastic. So tell us about you and your work. Okay. So I'm a senior lecturer at University of West of England in Bristol in the UK. Uh, and I also am currently working on a book uh, on the future of drawing, uh, which is a, a sequel to... Um, the first book, uh, Reportage, Illustration, Visual Journalism, which I wrote with uh, Professor Mario Minichiello in uh, Australia. Um, so my area of interest is uh, reportage drawing, documentary drawing, in effect. Uh, and that has been, that's kind of uh, defined my teaching and my practice over the last seven or eight years. Um, so I've increasingly become more research active as a lecturer, mm -hmm. which is great. So I've had research time out. And recently, literally uh, 10 days ago, I, I managed to get back from Australia where I was uh, working with uh, Mario on the new book. So I nearly got stuck, um, but it was an interesting time. I managed to get quite a lot of drawing done, reportage drawing at the airport. Um, so yeah, that's a, a brief rundown of uh, where I'm at at the moment. Brilliant, brilliant. So what is the future of drawing? Uh, well, we're currently uh, at the early stages of the book. The last one took about five years. So we're mm. going to be doing a lot of case studies um, mm. and a lot of interviews, mm. which should be quite exciting with different artists and practitioners. Mm. But also, um, we've found that actually it's going more into collaboration and co-design and working with um, journalism as well. So I, I, I think the first book was uh, a kind of looking at reportage drawing, not just as a passive um, drawing, observational drawing. It was about a, a kind of journalistic intent. So we're really interested in getting under the fingernails of an issue or a location, not just drawing what's in front of us as kind of passive observers. We're really interested in researching that location or that site, um, getting to know uh, the issues around it and actually drawing with that kind of intent and producing possibly a collaborative journalistic output um, mm. where we're uh, working with journalists, working with other researchers. So I think the future of drawing within the area of reportage and documentary, which is our uh, area of expertise, is definitely more yeah, um, journalistic, I'd say. Um, and and uh, it's about drawing. But it's also about research. It's about um, yeah, multidisciplinary uh, practice where we're working with VR, uh, augmented uh -huh. reality, uh -huh. Uh, interactive elements to distribute to market so it's it's very exciting we feel like the areas moved on a little bit um, we touched on it in the final chapter of our last book uh, um, reportage illustration visual journalism but I think the new book is coming from the final concluding chapter where we're looking mm -hmm. at different ways that we can engage with the real world so we are about non-fiction um, okay. possibly, you know, blurring into factions so we can create stories that are, are much more engaging for people. So we're looking at, um, yeah, documentary practice um, in a way that maybe photojournalists have worked uh, for quite a few years and uh, 
documentary filmmakers, we're beginning to use some of those techniques that maybe illustrators or artists haven't really applied to their work in the past. Mm, such, such, such as? Um, well, I think a lot of um, my students who are increasingly getting into uh, nonfiction documentary uh, practice, um, we've never really looked at the, um, the ethics or, or, or uh, confidentiality or data protection or, or okay. those issues. Because okay. I guess traditionally illustration has often been about, you know, fiction, um, you know, themes and ideas. Yes. Whereas as we move more towards nonfiction, I think we've got all those issues that photojournalists and documentary filmmakers have got to deal with. And we, we touch on that, but I think increasingly I really want to pull in more content that is um, addressing those issues of confidentiality and copyright and data protection and how do we actually interview um, subjects that we're covering, which is something that I don't think illustration has really been concerned with in the past. Okay. I think we really need to get so those skills that it's more yeah. from a perspective of journalism rather than a perspective of art and illustration. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we're going to be using different um, technologies, but I think we're still really interested in analog technology uh, drawing, uh, even though we're looking at how drawing can be used with augmented reality or um, virtual reality. I'm really interested in um, how, how we engage with real people, real stories. Uh, mm. I mean, it's, it's incredible. If you look at the history of photojournalism, um, the amount of work you see within photojournalism. Why aren't we getting more from illustrators, artists who can do a similar thing, but it's, it's not the same, it's different. Um, I think there's more, more of a sense of empathy with drawing. I think when you're with someone and you're drawing them, even if that is in quite a quick um, sort of immediate uh, location or, or activity, I still think that people engage with an artist in a very different way. I think in, in this era of 24-hour rolling news, I think artists um, have got uh, a different perspective on, on things, which they can really you know, reflect on um, you know, uh, issues and, and act, uh, things that are going on in a, in a very different way that a photojournalist, a photojournalist or a documentary filmmaker would. I think it is much more reflective. It's a more of a time-based medium. And I know film and photography is, but I think often you know, artists can take back the work they've made on site and in the studio, they can kind of develop that and create more of a kind of sense of, yeah, what, what are the issues here? How can we actually communicate that to an audience? But it's drawing more, more geared at reportage rather than art and yeah. illustration. Yeah, I mean, I think um, for me, reportage is working on the spot. Uh, it's working um, on site. But I also think um, maybe there's a, there's, there's a space for that work then to be taken back to the studio uh, to give a little bit of reflection on, you know, what are we actually saying? How can we augment that um, maybe with uh, typography or text or other imagery to create a kind of multidisciplinary story? Mm. I worked with a journalist a couple of years ago and we created, um, we interviewed... Um, a student from uh, Gaza who was, uh, uh, he won a bursary to study at my university and we interviewed him. We had a photographer and a writer and I was drawing and uh, the story, a double page spread in, in, in a magazine, was a combination of uh, graphics, drawing, photography, writing. And I think maybe that's a really interesting way to go. So it's collaborative, it's multidisciplinary. There are different modes of telling a story. 
It's not just about drawing. It's not just about photography. I think they complement each other. I think there's a real, there's real room for co-design and collaboration for the future. I know we're living through quite a weird time where we're self-isolating, but you know, I think that you know, hopefully, once we move out of that, there will be much more of a sense of people working in teams and collaborating. Mm -hmm. But do you think artists can work with the restrictions of researchers? Um, yeah, I think it's only going to improve the work. I, when, when my students um, make reportage drawing, if they go out and they haven't researched, um, you know, into uh, a, a, an issue or an activity or a location, I think the work doesn't have that kind of depth. I think, you know, I think you really need content. You need an idea. I think going out and just drawing is fine. It's an exercise. It's a nice picture maybe, but it's saying absolutely nothing. It's hollow. I think an artist, especially a reptile visual journalist, should go out and actually comment on something. They should actually absolutely, out absolutely. They need to express, they need to express, they need to express their opinions. What I'm, what I'm saying is, yeah, the, the restrictions that researchers have, which you mentioned earlier. Yeah. How does does one uh, balance out these restrictions with the, with I think, the expression and the and the freedom and you know, in a way, drawing is letting go of all fears and all restrictions. Yeah. I think that's something that, as I was saying before, I think as education, uh, as educationalists, we need to underpin that work with um, the kind of um, information that probably hasn't really been um, thought about in terms of uh, how to illustrate as engaged with, with the public. I think that the, the ethics um, and the permission forms and the clearance forms, that's something that could be seen as a real, um, um, block to creativity mm -hmm. but actually I think it's probably going to open up the creativity once you've actually looked at those um, the official ways to kind of engage with an issue and you've covered all those bases I think then it opens it up obviously there's some areas that you're not going to be able to draw in or you're not going to get clearance but I think it's the professionalism of of, of the, the discipline area and I think you know obviously illustration has its professionalism but I think we're moving into a new area with reportage and visual journalism I think we really need to embrace that it's almost like you know when I have to fill in a health and safety form you could you could see that as being a restriction but actually if you really look at it it's something which is actually enabling you to uh, produce maybe uh, work which is a little, little bit more challenging because you've actually looked at the issues around you know well what are the health and safety issues what are the ethics issues Actually, how can I get around that? How can I, you know, engage with this person or this location in a deeper way? Uh, so I think, yeah, there's going to be some projects which are going to be difficult. And obviously not all artists are um, going to be that keen to um, engage with that. Their artists may be going to be doing things that are slightly more, um, well, less um, in depth. Um, there's still going to be room for, you know, uh, reportage drawing, which is more, uh, I guess, urban sketching. Uh, I think what we're talking about is slightly more, um, yeah, engaging with something uh, on a deeper level and looking at the, the issues around that. Um, yeah, it, it's, I mean, it's been going on for a, quite a long time, but I think it's, we kind of make it a little bit more overt. And I think a lot of students are, 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 have come to me and they say, I didn't know this existed. Yes. Um, which it's is an interesting dialogue. It brings a different kind of richness. Uh, yeah, to, to, definitely. To that. Great, fantastic. So how did you get into teaching? Um, I was a freelance illustrator for 20 mm. years and mm. 
drawing and repertoire drawing was always part of my practice, but it was more something that I did separately from my freelance practice. I never really considered that to be, you know, a career option, uh, but it was always something that I did. Um, and then um, I was kind of interested in teaching. I'd done a little bit in the past. Um, ideally, I wanted a, a kind of part-time teaching job as well, running parallel with my freelance practice. But my, my wife was pregnant with my first son and um, she wanted to take some time out of uh, teaching. So the, I was offered a full-time post. Um, so I took that and um, yeah, the rest is history. That was 20 years ago. <laughs> and uh, it's been quite intense um, running that parallel with my practice. Uh, but I'm less of a freelance illustrator now. Um, mm. I don't really do that many freelance jobs. I've worked more with drawing and promote drawing. And I run a website called uh, Repertage, www.repertage.org. Mm. And that started in 2013. And very much I've become someone who really promotes repertage drawing and repertage artists. So I feel like I promote, initiate, and showcase uh, the best repertage uh, work uh, um, internationally and I've run um, I, I ran an international drawing award a couple of years ago of which I'm going to try and run that again in the future uh, but that uh, I worked with Moleskine in Italy and we um, had a huge exhibition of work there was about 360 pieces of artwork in the show there was work from all over the world and we had two winners a student uh, award winner and a professional award winner and they both received money and a travel bursary so um, Joe Munro, the student winner, went to Cuba to make a body of work. Um, and Rachel Gannon, who was a professional artist, won the professional award. And she went to Chandigarh in India and produced this uh, great reportage project. So I really felt that that award was set up to really promote drawing. And it was but reportage and documentary drawing. So when I put that award in place, uh, the criteria for entering was that you had to create you had to write um, an evaluation of your project and you had to um, justify why it fitted within repertage drawing. So we had a lot of work which was rejected because although it might have been great drawing, it wasn't actually about anything. Uh, so I felt that the, the repertage award in 2015 was really important in setting our stall out as to what is repertage drawing and visual journalism. And it is about uh, content. It's about what am I drawing and what am I saying? So it's not about drawing people in coffee bars. Mm -hmm. It's about drawing people in coffee bars, but actually saying, you know, why are we drinking so much coffee? What are the issues around that? How, what impact is that having on the, you know, the people who grow this stuff? What is the global impact of all the waste? Mm -hmm. So I, I, I'm, I'm interested in repertoire drawing, but you know, what, what can we say about something we're drawing? Um, you know, if you're drawing uh, trees, you know, you could say, well, actually, what are the issues around gentrification in a city and the, or, or the idea of, um, you know, the clearing whole areas uh, of, of, of mature trees in order to build a shopping mall. Mm. Uh, so I think it's about drawing and still drawing what you enjoy, but actually thinking, well, you know, I, what are the issues around this area? What are the issues around me drawing in this space? You know, you've got like, ASBOs, uh, which, uh, you know, the, the, the government have put in where, you know, councils can um, isolate an area of the city and stop any kind of congregation of, you know, two or more people. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's a kind of public space um, order that they can impose. Now, I'm kind of interested in 
you know, those kinds of issues around, um, you know, movement and uh, citizens and uh, cities, that kind of thing. Brilliant, brilliant. So how can all these activities uh, translate as a career for, for students? What, what are the options and how can they sort of find their way around all that? Yeah, increasingly more of my students are really interested in non-fiction storytelling, documentary storytelling. And so uh, there's reportage, uh, documentary drawing, but also there's all the kind of work that my students are doing that um, is within more uh, um, constructed uh, narratives, constructed visual language. And I'm also really keen to promote that within my teaching so it's not just about reportage drawing because not everyone can do it mm-hmm. uh, some of my students have amazing visual languages uh, visual styles and they can apply that to non-fiction stories and i think we're seeing that more and more if you look at the bbc or um you know the times or other magazines online especially you're seeing more and more animations or more and more illustration that are engaging with the real world they're non-fiction but I think drawing and illustration can get around issues of privacy, confidentiality, because you can create characters. They are nonfiction, but I guess they're faction. They're a combination of facts and fiction. So you, I think you can tell some really fantastic stories by the use of illustration and drawing. Mm-hmm. Um, my students, um, yeah, in terms of like a career, I think, you know, that is that's going to really gain momentum over the next few years and it's up to you know us and my students to create that momentum uh, by you know almost educating art directors as to what is possible i don't think it's going to happen overnight but uh i'm currently involved in um a residency in london called the topolsky uh, part of the topolsky studio so felix topolsky was one of the most um proactive um Repertage artists of the 20th century and there's a studio in London called the Topolsky studio where we run residences for I think we do about six students per year uh, but I also um, really encourage my students to get involved in repertage drawing well, I'm currently involved in a residency at Chelsea and Westminster Hospital three of my students have won um, a, a kind of residency to work for three months at the hospital obviously the the, the pandemic has affected mm-hmm. that so we can't run it at the moment. We're going to run it once the pandemic's over. But they're going to be working in the hospital, in a studio, making work, which is non-fiction, not necessarily a reportage. Some of it is going to be three-dimensional. Some of it is going to be um, animation. But it's about you know using the real world to make work and making it relevant to what is happening in the real world rather than mm-hmm. it being more about fantasy so, so you're kind of creating a new area of, of employment for illustrators. Yeah, we're trying to do that. And in the new book, we will have a chapter which is looking at, uh, and we had, we had reference to it in the last book, we were looking at professionalism. But we're really trying to not only encourage um, artists to look at this area in more depth, but we really want to um, talk to art directors about how they can use artists and illustrators to give a different perspective on on the world and i think you know as i said before you know 24-hour rolling saturated news coverage maybe that can free artists up to giving a different perspective they're not under the same restrictions um i think artists can really you know 
give a different perspective on things that maybe traditional news um, 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 methods can't. And I think journalists are beginning to pick this up. There's a really interesting research group um, in, in Holland uh, called ACED, A-C-E-D. And I've had some contact with those guys. And there are courses now uh, looking at visual journalism. So I guess the area of visual journalism includes photography and uh, written journalism and other interactive modes. Uh, and they are running courses where artists and um, photographers and writers collaborate to make these amazing visual stories. And The Guardian have invested money in uh, stories which are interactive, um, you know, multidisciplinary documentary. There's some amazing uh, examples where, you know, the viewer is immersed into those worlds through uh, technology. So it's, mm. a, it's a really exciting area, actually. Uh, so I'm, I'm delivering a paper. At, well, um, I, I was meant to be delivering a paper with Mario uh, at Kansas in I, at Icon 11 in um, July, but we're, we're waiting to hear exactly how that's going to pan out. But that's about um, drawing and reportage and truth. So we've been really looking at fake news and the future of uh, drawing when you look at you know, the way that kind of um, digital media is creating these, um, these, these, this, this kind of fakery and how mm -hmm. reportage drawing sits within that. And we know that photography you know, isn't uh, objective. So maybe there's a space now for an art form which people have always considered to be subjective, which is drawing. You know, it, it's all subjective. Of so maybe there's a space now for artists to make work. Yeah, it's interesting. Fantastic. Do you find the, the current system of art and design education, uh, is, it, is it helping you or is it something that you, you would change? Is it something that you would keep? Would you like to, to tell us about that? I think, you know, there's been a real rise in numbers at most universities and uh, not always uh, the resources go running parallel with that. Um, and I know some universities have uh, even squeezed the space further so students don't get um, a base room or a studio to work in. My university, we have a space for each um, year group in illustration and so if they choose to work in university any day even when we're not contact teaching they can I think that's really important so they've got a space to work and collaborate and you make those connections with other students um, so I think that's really important I think the rise in numbers isn't particularly a, a good thing when it's not aligned to a, a rise in resources um, I think you know I, I worry that students are particularly um, increasingly obsessed with grades um, and, you know, we try to make the uh, assessment criteria quite transparent, but I do worry that there is a, a possibly because of the rise in fees. I think students really feel like they've got to get really high grades. And I know some universities have got grade inflation. Mm. I think students need to uh, really um, take more risks. And I predominantly teach uh, year two, but I teach year three as well. And I, I, I definitely feel that in first year and second year, there really is a space to uh, really experiment and fail for want of a better word. I think you really need to build those into modules so that there's a criteria for risk and failure. So in failure, I think there's some real strides forward in your practice. Absolutely. Um, and I think, um, 
yeah, there needs to be more of a kind of celebration of, uh, you know, risk-taking of failure. Mm. Um, I think in third year, there's always that sense that people are beginning to think about, oh my God, I'm leaving, you know, in July, I, I can't take those risks. So I'd say, you know, students are paying so much money. And I always say to my students, you need to get skilled in a multidisciplinary way, even if you might not uh, think you're going to be uh, needing those skills to weld or green screen or HD camera, you know, you're paying all this money and those resources are there. You should come out of university so skilled up, um, get your money's worth uh, for three years. And often they don't, they, they leave it too late. But I keep on saying, look, you know, is, there, anyway. is there enough drawing? Is it time, is it time for drawing uh, during the semester? Is there something that is there time for drawing? Yeah, um, there's always time for drawing. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, as a, as a more of a structured class, because sometimes in some universities this has this has been a challenge. The fact that yeah, uh, yeah I agree. There, there seems agree. to be less and less drawing happening. Whereas yeah, whereas there's a kind of yeah, yeah. I noticed a few years ago all the life rooms getting converted to Mac suites, and I was really distraught. A lot of life drawing rooms, uh, you know. Uh, were turned into these uh, or offices, empty max suites that were or offices, but I think that's coming back. I've noticed there's definitely been more of an interest in drawing. And uh, at University of West of England, we've got a new uh, research group which I'm part of called the Drawing Research Group, and we've recently had a review of drawing. We had an exhibition where we invited all staff to show us what kind of drawing practice they engage with, and not all staff um, put work in, but it was really interesting the dialogue that came out of that uh, drawing review. Um, we had a, um, a day of a, a kind of conference symposium based around that. So we're really looking at our education uh, predominantly um, connected with drawing and how different practitioners are teaching drawing. Uh, so the drawing research group at UWE are really looking at um, those issues and we're really pushing to get more resources for drawing. And I know that We've got an, a really good drawing center that's uh, we're kind of developing and we've got a, um, a lecturer who's um, predominantly, that's her role, uh, Anoop Mercier. She's um, doing a really good job on you know, pushing drawing for university and wider. So we're trying to connect with other research groups internationally. It's something that as a new research group, uh, we're really keen to engage with um, other drawing research groups yeah, internationally. So we're going to be, we're going to be doing other uh, events and um, yeah, that's, that's quite exciting. Yeah. Sounds extremely exciting actually, because this is something that needs to be happening more and more. So this is really, really good news. I agree. I think there's a real uh, appetite for it um, mm. at the mm. symposium, um, which uh, Lucy Ward um, was very, um, uh, was, was uh, mainly putting together for us. Um, we've suddenly realized actually there's a, this huge appetite for drawing and teaching drawing uh, in all its forms. Uh, um, I think sometimes drawing is a little bit off-putting for say students who are doing filmmaking, but we really want to embrace all different discipline areas, the journalists, the filmmakers, the photographers, because I think, you know, some people are quite frightened of drawing, especially creative industry um, students who think, oh, I should be able to draw, but I can't. But we don't really see that drawing is one thing. We're, we're embracing it in terms of, you know, you can, you can use film or photography to draw. It's not just about a pencil and paper. We're really opening up 
a dialogue about what is drawing and that goes for reportage drawing. I'm really interested in what reportage can become. So the future of drawing is about reportage, but it's also about what modes, what forms can we use for the future? And that might be augmented reality. It might be virtual reality. It's not just about uh, a pencil on paper. It's kind Absolutely. of opening it up really. Absolutely. Absolutely. So how can our viewers find you and listeners? How can we find you? Um, I, the, the website I run is um, www.reportage.org. Uh, so there's a link there that you can get in touch with me. Or if you just look me up on Google, I've got um, my contact details on, on, um, on Google. Um, so yeah, I'm at my university, uh, University of West of England. Uh, you can contact me there. Um, so yeah, I'm really happy to engage with um, other academics and researchers and artists, uh, photographers, filmmakers. So yeah, it's an interesting area. I think I think the book, the new book, um, it's quite organic. It's going mm. it's going to develop as we speak to more and more practitioners. So I'm in conversation with um, technologists, uh, people from animation, people mm. from. Uh, mm. Um, the VR lab in Bristol. Um, so yeah, I, it's it's an area that I'm very early days with. Uh, so I've done some work within AR um, on VR, mm. but mm. Uh, it's an amazing technology. But Absolutely. I think I, I'm more interested in where you can see you can engage in the real world and the virtual. So I'm more interested in augmented reality. So you're superimposing the virtual on the real. Yes. I think that's the exciting thing for drawing and the tools that you can engage it with in the virtual world and in the real world, the combination of the two, that's going to be amazing. It's about how we tell stories. So there's an amazing um, uh, research group um, in Bristol and there's a, there's a symposium that they run called iDocs and they've got a really good website. So interactive documentary is where I'm interested in mm. going mm. for drawing. Mm. Um, so traditionally it's more photography, filmmaking, but, I really want to look at how, you know, we can use a, a kind of multidisciplinary approach um, for a, a more immersive experience. I think mm -hmm. that's what it is, mm -hmm. about an immersive mm -hmm. experience. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Any last, yeah. piece, of, any last piece of advice you'd like to leave us with? <laughs> I'd say, uh, yeah, I think everyone needs to draw. It's good for your mental health. Um, and I, I, everyone needs to take risks and not care about, whether the work's not great. I'm, I'm kind of interested in work which isn't, you know, technically or academically accurate or good or slick. I think sometimes that can get in way of the message. Some of the, some of the best drawing is literally on the back of an envelope. And, you know, especially if you're working in the field on the spot to capture what's in front of you is very difficult but also reflecting on that back at the studio, using that work to create a story. It's about a narrative. I don't think text and image should be as uh, separated. I don't think when you get an illustrator working uh, to uh, um, an article, I don't think they should be seen as the subsidiary role. I think there needs to be a more balance between the writing and the, the artist. I think <laughs> both should be 50% of that project. It shouldn't just be a page filler. I think artists, illustrators, you know, illustrators maybe need to commission graphic designers or, yes. you know, writers. I think, you know, the, the, the illustrator, you know, waiting for, you know, passively waiting to get commissioned, that should, 
that's always going to happen to a certain extent. But I think illustrators need to think, right, I'm going to commission a, a writer to work with me or we're going to collaborate. We need to get out there. I think that's a really exciting future. Really exciting Excellent. future. Excellent. That's Excellent. Great. Thank you ever so much. And uh, we'll see you soon. It's Thank been you. great. It's been great. Yeah, good luck with it all. Cheers. Thank you. Thank Bye. You.